Hey, y'all, it's Mandy. Before we talk about this week's episode, I want to say shout out to the patrons. Y'all are the reason I'm still doing this. I could do it alone, but it's so much better to run with people who share your vision, share your values, and see the importance of the work you're doing. So if you're interested in all the premium content, hearing about the questions and answers, or even being a part of our live patron chats, check out my Patreon. It's under at Mandy Capehart, or you can search for Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart and find it that way. Welcome back to Restorative Grief with Mandy Capehart. You are listening to episode 49, titled Becoming Present with Lauren Fonville. Grievers know fatigue is a constant companion. Whether we are drained physically, mentally, emotionally, or spiritually, our whole selves sometimes find that the traditional methods of rest and digest may not be serving us as they did once before. My guest on the show today is an integrative energy practitioner specializing in EFT and tapping for stress, anxiety, and trauma. Lauren's heart is beautiful, and she presents this material in such an approachable and easy-to-understand way. In her work, she guides her clients on a journey of self-healing to break through obstacles that are holding them back in life. And there's nothing about this practice that makes me feel, ooh, that's a little too woo-woo or toxic positivity or uh, just change your mindset about it (laughs) to get you through. Because you know me and I am very protective of my sweet grievers. I would never bring someone onto the show in that mindset or who's presenting things in that way. And so even if you're a little skeptical, I want you to suspend that skepticism for this episode because her work really was something I found to be so meaningful when we spoke. Lauren believes that we genuinely have answers within us, and sometimes we just need a little help accessing those answers. So our conversation today is presenting EFT as an optional methodology for becoming present to our losses and finding new movement forward. Hey, Lauren, welcome to Restorative Grief. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to talk with you today. I always love when people say they're excited to talk about grief because I am excited to talk about it all the time. And it's so (laughs) powerful when people join me and I'm not just talking to myself. So I'm grateful that you're here. (laughs) (laughs) You are going to be bringing something to our audience. It's a little different than our usual conversation. So typically on restorative grief, we are talking about individual grief stories and working with grief, specifically grief professionals and gaining some tools and techniques for more traditional pathways through loss. And your work is a little bit off the beaten path as far as traditional grief methods are concerned, but I think there's so much authority and clarity that can come from working through grief in the way that you do your work in life. So why don't you tell our audience a little bit about who you are and what you do? Yeah. So I'm an integrative energy practitioner and I specialize in EFT and for for people that are dealing with anxiety, stress, and and trauma. And I think grief can, can fall in that trauma category. And EFT stands for emotional freedom technique. And it's a process of gently tapping on certain points of the body while simultaneously acknowledging the emotions that you're feeling. I often describe it in comparison to acupuncture 
people are more familiar with acupuncture. But instead of putting needles in, we are applying light pressure, so acupressure on certain points. And I know that that's, that can sound weird if you've never heard of this before, this idea of literally tapping on yourself to, to feel better. Um, but I would just say, don't knock it until you try it. There is a lot of science behind why it works. And maybe we'll talk about some of that today, but it's all about figuring out what makes you feel good. And this was a tool that really helped me to deal with anxiety and stress. I was having uh, bad panic attacks and this was something that really changed the game for me. And yeah, I'm excited to, to talk with you more about it. You're exactly right. That grief can fall in line with trauma unequivocally. I think that we tend to, as we get older, recognize our grief events in our past that we haven't paid attention to and notice how they're connected to these little, little T traumas, these things that we thought, oh, that's not a big deal because it wasn't a car crash. It wasn't the end of a life, but we discredit ourselves and kind of undermine our sense of wellness and alignment with who we are when we push those little T traumas aside. And so tools like yours, I think are very, very powerful ways to just start exploring that and seeing like, well, what did these little T traumas attach to my life and how can I remove them or become more familiar with them to move through them differently? What was it in your own life that brought you, you said you were having these panic attacks, these big adrenaline floods. What was it that brought you to EFT tapping? So at the time, I we had just found out that my husband was going to deploy. He's in the military. He had gone into the reserves, and I was under the uh, false... <laughs> belief that he was not going to have to deploy. And so when he was active duty, it, it was much more planned out. And, you know, you knew, we knew in advance when he was going to deploy. And this really just came out of left field. And I just started, I had two little young kids at the time. And I just, the, the anxiety of all of it just really, really overwhelmed me. And I knew that I needed to do something. I knew that something needed a shift so that I could feel better so that I could really show up for my kids. It's a really very significant change in your life. And I can easily see how, just to connect the dots for anyone listening, the grief involved in that is this idea that you had a future intended in your head, right? And all of a sudden, it's not what you thought it would be. And so how do you, how do you navigate? What do you do? What do you do when life suddenly takes a pivot and you're not necessarily prepared for it? So how did you first start practicing EFT? Where did you go to find the people that knew what they were doing? How did, how did you stumble upon it? Yeah, my journey really started going going to yoga. And so the, I was feeling so stressed out and I went to this yoga class and there was a poster hanging about yoga teacher training and I knew that I had to do it. And so I signed up on the spot and that just really opened the doors for me to be exposed to a lot of people that are just into different type of energy work. So not only was I doing yoga, but I was learning about meditation and sound healing. And I was also in a, in a coaching program at the time. And my coach was bringing in different 
practitioners to speak with us. And one of the practitioners that she brought in was a uh, EFT practitioner. And I mean, I was so skeptical. I thought that that it just sounded so ridiculous to, to tap on yourself and feel better. But then, you know, she walked us through this practice and I was shocked by the fact that like my anxiety was, I felt better. I felt calmer. It was enough for me to continue to explore it and practice it. And then I was doing it so much and I was like, you know, organically sharing it with friends and stuff. And then I was like, all right, I got to go get certified in this. So yeah, that was really how I, I, I got to where I am today. I love that you were totally skeptical because that's the gut reaction, right? It's, it's so easy when you are in a very mentally high demand kind of a field, like, like psychology or like mental wellness, when you approach things that are less common or more on the outskirts to be skeptical and rightfully so, right? That's a good discernment in your characteristic to carry with you. But I love the alignment of this with the idea of acupuncture because there is so much wisdom and so much science behind acupuncture and of how effective it can be. And it's not effective for everyone, but the idea that you could take it kind of one step back on the invasive scale and use pressure and tapping as well is it makes sense in my head, but what is, like you mentioned earlier, what is some of the science behind EFT as an effective modality? Yeah. So when you're dealing with a lot of stress or anxiety or trauma, right. And, and you're being triggered on a, on a daily basis, what's happening is in your brain is that the amygdala is firing and the amygdala is there to protect us. Right. So if you're, if you're faced with, uh, you're in a dangerous situation so that you can fight back or run away or play dead, whatever the situation may call for. But when you are constantly in that fight or flight mode, which so many people are because of everything that's going on in the world right now. And the stress levels are really high. That is obviously not a healthy place to be. And so what's happening is the amygdala is this alarm is going off in the brain and it is signaling to the body that you're in fight or flight and it's flooding the body with cortisol and cortisol is the stress hormone. So when you're tapping on these points, what's been shown is that as you tap on these points, it's sending a message to the amygdala and telling the amygdala, hey, you don't need to be firing off right now. You don't need to be sending all of this cortisol into the body. And there was a study that was done by Dr. Peter Stapleton that shows that there's a reduction in cortisol by up to 43%. And so I always tell people, you know, if you're intrigued by this, even the slightest bit, knowing that you can tap, just tapping is going to help to reduce the amount of cortisol pumping through your body. And through that, you know, when the body feels calmer, then the mind feels calmer because when, when you're really worked up about something, you can't even think straight. And that's because all of the cortisol is being pumped through the body for you to be able to like re react in that way to fight or, or flight. And so this is a tool that can really help manage that response. I think it's so easy to get caught up in that stress cycle as well, especially in that mental space, because we don't necessarily embody our bodies, right? There are so many of us that are, especially when we're grieving, just thinking around the loss and thinking about how we could have engaged differently, maybe looking for places to lay blame, looking for places where we could have addressed some of the regrets we're now feeling. We just get into this cycle of overthinking and we lose that connectivity to our heart, to our body, to our spirit selves. And so 
even recognizing that you can realign your body <laughs> through a little bit of like paying attention. It's, it's almost as simple as I'm just picturing like a mom getting the attention of a child by tapping on their shoulder and saying, Hey, over here, it's going to be okay. Mm-hmm. Come back to present, come yeah. back to this moment. Yeah. I mean, the, the somatic part of it, the fact that you're actually tapping does really help people. It helps people to, to focus. I mean, a lot of people that I work with will say, I can't meditate. All the, there's just too many thoughts running around up there. There's no way that I can meditate. And I thought I found that that tapping beforehand, you know, it gives you that focus of, of where to tap, but then it's also, so there's that mind body connection that, that that's happening there. But I also feel like if you take the time to tap and talk out the things that you've been thinking the things that take up that space when you're trying to quiet the mind I like to it's like clearing it out like if those thoughts are all just like jumbled around in your brain if you kind of think of it as like moving them out sweeping them out to the sides so that you can you can really meditate and sink in and be still listen to your body and and, and ask her what she needs and that can be a really powerful practice yeah. I have a friend that always reminds me of that. Mr. Rogers quote, the mentionable is manageable. What you bring up, you can address. And so much of what you were saying about meditation work too, just being present um, is damn near impossible when you have a thousand thoughts flying by. And so breaking that idea that you have to clear your mind completely to meditate. Cause that's not a thing. That's not how we were created or designed. Right. right? We don't, right. we don't go blank. That's <laughs> bad. Going completely blank is very not healthy, but mentioning those things out loud, taking the monsters out of the box and say, and looking at them from different directions and saying like, Hey, you're not really as intimidating as I thought you were. I've just never faced you head on. This um, EFT can be such a, a powerful method for facing those emotions that are overwhelming. Yeah, that's exactly right. I mean, it really, it really is a practice that meets you where you are. So if you are devastated, right, it's, it's un, it's unlikely that you're going to, okay, acknowledge that I'm, that I'm super sad. I'm devastated at this loss and then be like, okay, let's flip a switch and be happy today. I'm going to be happy. And I'm going to say a positive affirmation, right? Like that is not how, that is not how this works. Like tapping, if you're feeling, if you're feeling that, that deep grief, that deep sadness, and those are the words that you use, you use the words that resonate with you. So I'm just so sad. I don't know if it's ever going to get better, whatever it is that you're feeling in that moment. And then as you're saying those things, what happens the majority of the time is that it does begin to feel the slightest bit lighter, right? Like, and so maybe the next best thought or, or feeling is like, even though I'm really sad and really upset right now, I'm hopeful that things will get better, maybe, you know, or, or that, you know, tomorrow's a new day, or whatever, whatever it is for you, that's authentic. That's that next positive thought so that you're slowly moving as it feels right to you. And, you know, maybe it won't feel right in one session if you're, if you're really in the, in the depths of it, but sometimes just saying the things that you've been thinking over and over again, can be very cathartic and and healing in and of itself. I love that you brought that up too, because I think that it's really easy to believe that, okay, one or two sessions, maybe even five or 10, and then I'm back, baby. I'm in business. I am who I am. I'm living my life. And the truth is we know there will be ebbs and flows. We know that no matter the methodology you're using to move through loss or life, you are going to have higher points and you're going to have lower points. And I think that recognizing and and calling that out in a way that, like you said, you are finding things to speak to yourself that are 
authentic to who you are, that are not platitudes that you heard from someone else. They are truly those language pieces that help you identify with who you are, where you're at and where you want to be headed. That can give you such an authority back over your life, which I think, especially in these moments where you're searching for a tool or a technique to heal, feeling like you've lost control is right at the top of it. And then you're following that with a complete lack of energy, complete fatigue in every area of who you are. And earlier you stepped into something, you had said people are a little bit skeptical about energy work, or at least I know when I talk to people about like, Hey, how's your energy level? They can grasp the idea of a physical energy, but they don't necessarily Mm -hmm. put their brain around mental, emotional, or spiritual energy. And I was curious if you could just talk a little bit about that angle of it, because in my mind, I mean, energy is the opposite of fatigue. And fatigue is what grievers experience all day, every day long, you know, all the day long in every area. What has been your experience in kind of addressing that misnomer around energy work? Yeah. I mean, when it comes down to it, we are energy. I am energy. You are energy. And at our smallest molecular level, we are just like these vibrating little, you know, atoms and energy work is so fascinating. And I, I just makes me think of how, when I went to my first sound healing class and, you know, she's playing these crystal alchemy singing bowls. And I just felt so good in that class. And I was, I was so curious as to why. Right. And it was this idea that the, the energy from the bowls, the vibration from the bowls was syncing up with the vibration of your body to help energy move. And sometimes energy gets stuck and, and, you know, I'm a visual person. So I I think of like, you know, people that we have blood that's running through our, our veins. And sometimes you get like, sometimes people get like a blood clot, right? There's like something that's backed up there. Same thing with our energy, our energy can get stuck. And so tapping on these points is like the end points of the meridians. And that's how the energy moves through the body to help you to feel at that, at that state of health and, and well-being. But I mean, I understand that it can be a hard thing to wrap your head around, but I always just say, give it a try, right? Like if you've been dealing with this grief and nothing is helping you and you're in a place and you feel bad, like this is giving this a try isn't going to hurt anything. There's no negative side effects of it. So I just say to people, have an open mind. I mean, I've had a lot of people come to me that have been skeptical. I was doing an event not too long ago. It was an introductory workshop and a woman who it was for a fibromyalgia support group. So these people were dealing with physical pain and, you know, she was very skeptical, but she volunteered and we did some tapping and she had a big shift in that moment and was able to release pain that she'd been holding onto for the last like three days. And it totally blew her mind, you know? And so, and she was someone who didn't think it was going to work for her. So I just say, if you're the least bit curious about it, there's a reason for that. And the reason isn't to ignore it. And so just honor that, whatever that is for you, what, you know, maybe it's some other class that you read, that you read about, or something a friend tells you about, explore it, like give yourself that gift, because I, I feel like there's a, there's always a reason for everything and just honoring that. I think the things that we experience, you're absolutely right. Coincidences are hard to accept when you are the kind of person where you are trying to pay attention to the world around you and your role and interactions with it. And so I think you're right about being mindful of what you experience and what catches your attention and just 
giving it a minute to breathe and say, is this for me? Is this not for me? And Mm -hmm. I also love that you said there are no negative side effects because it would be really easy for me to call my doctor and say, Hey, I saw an ad for this drug and I'm feeling all of the symptoms that they described. Can you talk to me about it? How quick we are to internalize something that we think can help, but to internalize an idea is almost so terrifying. I think because we've allowed ourselves to be disparate in the parts of our whole, right? In those places where we want to be healthy and aligned, we've maybe disconnected from that. And so, yeah, that's a really... Yeah. I think that's a really good point. Completely agree with that. (laughs) Um, I know we're audio based and this might be a stretch for who you are as a teacher and how well you can do this, but I'm curious, is there uh, an easy, let's say someone listening right now is like, oh yeah, I can feel all the stress in my body actually increasing as we talk about this and how she's right so few of the techniques I've tried for moving through grief have helped. Is there a place on the body, like, like on the face or on the hands or the chest where we could try just feeling what tapping is right in this moment? Yeah. I mean, I could walk you through like where all the main points are that we, that we tap on that are part of the protocol. Sure. Sure. Okay. So the first point is on the pinky side of the hand. So I tend to tap with my right hand because I'm a righty and just gently tapping on the pinky side of the left hand, but you can do it vice versa. If you're a lefty and you want to tap with your left hand on the pinky side of the right hand, that's fine. That's the first point. And as we're tapping on these points, you can notice if some of these points are ones that you naturally touch during the day, or if maybe you're just drawn to one, like, oh, I like that point. Because most people will have like a favorite point and there's no really a rhyme or reason to why that is, but I've yet to find someone that doesn't have a favorite. Okay, so the next point is the crown of the head, right in the center of the head. I, I tend to do that with an open hand. And then the next points are at the start of the eyebrows. So right across either side of the bridge of the nose at the start of the eyebrows. And I'm tapping with both the middle finger and the index finger on both points on it from each hand. And then the next point, and you don't, but you don't have to, you could do one point and then with one hand and then just go over to the other point. But most people like to tap on both points at the same time because they will tell me they feel uneven if they don't do both at the same time. Okay. And then the next points are the side of the eyes. So right at the side of the eyes on the eye bone there. Then we go underneath the eyes, right in the center, underneath the eyes. Then we go underneath the nose, kind of at that 90 degree point where the nose and the lip come together. And then we go on to the chin crease. So between the bottom lip and the tip of the chin on that little line there. And then the next point is the collarbone points. So You want to be from the center, you kind of want to go over about an inch, inch and a half. So you're really on the fleshy part underneath the bone here. And I'm just using both hands to tap on each side. And then the next point is underneath the arm on the side of the body. So for women, it's like the center of the bra strap. And for men, it's about two and a half inches from the armpit. And then the last point is on the back of the hand. So either hand between the pinky and the ring finger. And those are the main points of the protocol. So no matter what your tap out, those are the points. And we call that a round because we're kind of moving in a circular motion. But like I said earlier, even just finding one of those points that you like and tapping on it and doing some deep breathing could be helpful. And if you don't like the tapping or the tapping bothers you, like that happens with some of my fibromyalgia clients, 
you can simply apply light pressure and just and just press on those points as well. That's also an option. So those are the points. I think you did really well describing that with audio only. Great job. Awesome. <laughs> it reminds me too of when I was pregnant, I was constantly nauseated and I had these little bracelets that I put on my wrist and I had to use fingers to measure where they would be placed, but I could apply pressure on a spot on my wrist and it would mitigate my nausea in such a quick fashion. And I think that this is similar. So the simplicity of bringing awareness to a point in your body, but also bringing that awareness to your emotional self and bringing that thought life to the surface and speaking it out. There's so much logic behind this practice. Yeah. I mean, it, make, it does make a lot of sense. And I think once you experience it, I think the experience of it speaks volumes. I mean, that's really what pulled me in was that first experience with it where it reduced my stress. And, and then I went on and had some one-on-one sessions, you know, for, for me, uh, when I'm stressed, you know, I really feel that in my neck and in my jaw, I have TMJ and my TMJ flares up and it really was able to reduce my pain level when nothing else would touch it. And I think it's easy to think like, oh, when I'm stressed, I feel it at wherever it is for you in your body, right? But it's the same thing with other emotions as well. Our bodies hold on to these emotions, and this is a way to help move through them. You know, because a lot of times we suppress these emotions because we don't enjoy feeling them. And so this is a way of acknowledging them so that we can move through them as opposed to continually trying to run from them. Love that because I constantly encounter people avoiding their big, hard feelings. And I've been called very lovely, encouraging things on my behalf, where I think like, you want to call me a pusher or a challenger or an instigator? That's fine with me because I want you to feel your big, heavy, hard feelings. I want you to experience the discomfort because of what I know will emerge from you within through the process. And I I think one of the things that I find so fascinating about this is it really is a tool to bring us into the present. So many people that I work with in grief are struggling because they are feeling very reminiscent and very connected to the story behind them and what was, or they are living in a position of anxiety toward the future and the unknown and what could come next that they cannot control. And there is so much inspiring us not to stay in the present or to become present because of what we could miss out on. If we stop thinking about the past and lose memories or stop thinking about the future and making plans. And this EFT technique is one that I could see very well integrating into a a present mindset kind of a practice without going down the road of trying to stay meditative all the time, you know, cultivating something that's not a natural fit for who you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it really allows you to have what you're having is what I like to say, you know, so oh. if you're if you're having a rough day, like, that's okay. The, the practice meets you meets you where you are. And, and hopefully in acknowledging some of the things that you've been feeling some of the things that you've been thinking, things begin to shift. And when that happens, you begin to feel a little bit different. What kind of other traditional or maybe even non-traditional modalities do you hear your clients talking about that they are using? Because this is clearly a wonderful supplement to mm-hmm. anybody's process of pursuing wholeness. So what are some of the things that you traditionally see that work really yeah. well with this? Yeah. I mean, I, I have a lot of my clients are, are also working with a therapist. I have some clients that 
like also enjoy going to acupuncture. And then sometimes with them, I will do Reiki. I'm also a Reiki practitioner, or we do um, some sound healing and incorporate that with with some meditation. It it depends. But yeah, you're right. It's definitely a a great complementary practice to a variety of other modalities. So Lauren, as we wrap this up, I'm curious, where would you recommend someone get started if they're like, oh my gosh, yes, this sounds like something that can totally help me stay present when I'm just ready to run, 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 run away from everything. Yeah. So I actually have a free masterclass on my website. It goes into a lot of detail of the science behind tapping through a full practice. So you can experience it in your body. You can access that by visiting mindshiftwithlauren.com forward slash masterclass. I will also say there's there's tons of YouTube videos out there that you can tap along with as well. I have a YouTube channel too, uh, but I always like to remind people wh- what really makes tapping so effective is two things. One, your willingness and ability to really allow yourself to feel the feelings, acknowledging both the emotions and the physical sensations that are going on in your body. And two, using your own words because sometimes when you're watching a video and tapping along with a video, the, the practitioner is using language that doesn't necessarily resonate with exactly how you're feeling. And so while it can be helpful on some level, it's going to be most effective if you're using your own words. If, you know, you also, if you're someone that has experienced a big T trauma, you know, that's contributing to your current experience. I would definitely highly recommend working with a practitioner to explore all of this because they can ensure that it's done in a safe way so that you are comfortable. And that's the other beautiful thing about tapping is that it's a very gentle practice and you never have to like dive off the deep end in and relive any trauma that you experienced in order to feel better. Like there are lots of nuanced techniques that are used so that it always feels safe and you're never, you know, jumping in off the deep end into the deep end. I love that. And I love that you pointed out the Willingness to be present, but also using your own language. That's something that I think we find very difficult as we work through grief is even if we have the brain power and energy to do the reading and start just not understanding what people are talking about, or we don't feel heard. And then you see or hear someone say, well, I felt like I was in a blah, blah, blah. And the metaphor finally clicks or there are no metaphors Mm -hmm. and someone's very plain language and it makes sense and it really resonates so deeply. So thank you for adding that last little bit there. I hope that will clarify some things for, for our listeners. Yeah. Finding your own words can be something that's very challenging for people. And, and that can, that can be why working with a practitioner, at least in the beginning can be very helpful because when you're in the thick of it, in the throes of grief, everything feels overwhelming. You don't even know where to begin or what words to use. And the practitioner is coming at it with an outside set of eyes and from a different perspective, and they can really help guide you by, you know, talking with you and being able to really pull out what seems most intense and starting there to help reduce the level of stress and anxiety around whatever you're experiencing, the intensity of whatever you're experiencing at that time. But there's such power in, in using your own words. Basically, you're not alone in this. So don't bother trying to be alone in this. There's no reason. There's no reason to stubborn your way through it. Right. Exactly. And you'll probably get there a lot faster if you ask for help. Uh, Yes. Oh, man. Okay. That's the perfect thing to end on. Lauren, how can our people find you? You mentioned your website and I'll include that, but where else can they find you? 
and your work? Yeah. So they can find me on Instagram. My name is Lauren Nicole, and there's only one N and the O is a zero. Um, <laughs> okay. I know. So it's like a, <laughs> but yeah, but it's easy enough. Lauren Nicole, one N and the O is a zero. And then once you're on my website, you can, you can find all my social media there, mindshiftwithlauren.com and links to my, to my YouTube page. And then also if people are interested, I do offer free 30 minute consultations. So if you're even the slightest bit curious about it, have additional questions and just want to chat with me, I'm totally open to that. And you can book time on my calendar at talkwithlauren.com. Lauren, thank you so much. This has been such a approachable and enlightening conversation. And I sure hope, and I'm, I'm certain that somebody out there is going to hear it and feel really encouraged. So thank you for making time to be here today. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to episode 49 of Restorative Grief. As with all methodologies, some people will find great relief from Lauren's presentation of EFT and tapping, and others not so much. Does that mean it's ineffective? Of course not. It's just as some people work really well by journaling, others would rather burn the paper for catharsis than write on it. Getting to know yourself, what really moves the needle for you, is where you will start to discover what methods and tools can support your healing journey. It's really discouraging to feel as though traditional methods of talk therapy, group counseling, or writing about your feelings aren't helpful because how do you know where you can go from there? Well, that's the beauty of exploring other ways of viewing our whole selves by finding what makes us feel fully alive in our minds, hearts, bodies, and spirits. We gain access and insights to what will bring us into realignment as well. As always, I want to say thank you again to my patrons. You all are keeping this going. I've dreamed about a career where I can just show up and serve grievers and people who need backup, fighters in their corner who will be immovable for them. And this is it so far. And it's just perfect for me. So thank you again for being willing to support the show and the restorative grief platform. If you are interested in becoming a patron, of course, there will be a link in the show notes and you can come find me on Twitter at Mandy Capehart on Instagram, same handle on Patreon, same handle. I'm everywhere. I'm everywhere. But (laughs) I promise it'll be worth your time if you decide to come interact or find me. And if you haven't yet, also please subscribe to the podcast, leave a review wherever you're listening, and maybe bookmark this episode or reach out to Lauren directly because I think there are a lot of us listeners and certainly people that I've interacted with in social media world that might be feeling stalled out in their grieving process. And a new methodology like this could be just the thing you or they need for a little forward motion. And one last thing, please remember, the only solution to grief is to do the work of grieving. Thanks for listening. I will see you next week.